The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker, and you are listening to episode number 60 of the podcast, or you're watching it on YouTube. If so, how you doing? Welcome to YouTube. I'm going to kick things off. We had some MMA action over the weekend from Mexico City, UFC Fight Night, headlined by some flyweights. Before I get into that and what I think about the whole flyweight situation, I'm going to kick off with a live tasting of some Canadian spiced whiskey that I found. Um, Today's Sunday, August the 6th, by the way, for those of you keeping track. So this is Revel Stoke, Canadian spiced whiskey. For those of you watching on YouTube, I'm holding up this little taster bottle. I've been really into these taster bottles lately, and I really appreciate all the recommendations you guys have been sending me on Twitter and Instagram and everything like that. I have a long list of things I plan to try out, but if you're really adamant about something, I can be swayed to move things up the list. So you guys have been sending me some awesome bourbon and rum recommendations lately. So that's why I'm really into these little taster bottles because, you know, it kind of breaks the bank account to uh, be buying a big bottle every time. But, you know, I'm looking to uh, add to my already long list of favorite spirits out there. So I got this spiced Canadian whiskey. Um, It has kind of like a moose skeleton on the bottle. 90 proof, so uh, 45% alcohol by volume for those math majors out there. It's got kind of a light kind of piss color to it. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what to think about this. I've never heard of it, which is why I kind of grabbed a little taster bottle when I was at the register at the liquor store the other day. So we're going to give this a live tasting. I'm going to pour it into a glass here just so I can kind of get the aroma because I'm sophisticated like that. All right. The aroma is like pure alcohol. Uh, maybe a little bit of vanilla there <laughs> on the nose, but uh, yeah, basically it smells like rubbing alcohol. So we might be in for a good time here tonight on the podcast. Give it a little sip there. Okay, it's got a little spiciness on the front end. I kind of like. Uh, the burn kind of comes a little bit after with the aroma of the alcohol, I thought the burn was going to come on the front end, but the burn kind of comes in the back of the throat. A little bit of pepper on the front. Uh, the lingering on the palate is a little smoother than I expected and a, a little sweeter than I expected, but you definitely get that burn uh, on the back of the throat. Let's try the second sip here. Okay, not too bad, actually. A lot better than I thought it was going to go. So, guys, please keep sending me these recommendations on social media. I I really do pay attention to all of them, and I really do have a running list. I downloaded this app recently called Distiller, so you can find me on there 
Just search for Bill Welker or MMA on the Rocks. You can find me under either one, and you can send me your recommendations directly on there. It's a pretty cool app. They have articles about different spirits every week, and you can add your collection and add your ratings to uh, you know, different kinds of liquor, and they have a really... A really solid um, system there, rating system. I, I happen to agree with a lot of the ratings they have already existing on there uh, for things I've tried already. So I, I'm kind of trusting it for things going forward. And even things I've tried since downloading the app, they seem to be pretty accurate with the tasting notes on there. So Distiller is the app. D-I-S-T-I-L-L-E-R. So find me on there. You can send me your recommendations on there or keep sending them through Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook like you guys have been doing. Uh, I definitely appreciate it, and I've definitely been reading all of those. And, you know, again, if you're really adamant about something, I'll bump it up on a list, and I'll try to talk about it on the podcast as always. I'm always looking for something new and interesting. I've been on a huge bourbon kick lately. I know a lot of you guys have been telling me about Blanton's. And I I slept on Blanton's, I have to admit. Uh, people always told me about it, and I never tried it out. And now it's pretty hard to come by. So if anybody knows how I can get my hands on some, uh, or knows somebody who knows somebody who can send me some, uh, please get in touch at MMA on the Rocks across all social media platforms. As always, it would be greatly appreciated. And... Um, yeah, so some of you guys have been sending me some awesome rum recommendations too. Uh, I'm really, I'm really racking up this list here. So I have my wish list on Distiller. I don't know if that's public information or not. Uh, so you could see what's on there. You could see what I've rated also. Uh, I mean, you guys pretty much know what I'm drinking all the time anyway. If you're watching the show regularly or listening to the show regularly, um, so yeah, exciting stuff on the horizon. I hope to get my hand on some. Blanton's and uh, yeah, a couple of other things you guys have been recommending to me. Everything's been great, so I'm really looking forward to some more recommendations. Keep them coming. I can't get enough of them. So at MMA on the Rocks is how you guys can get in touch with me, or you can go to MMAontherocks.com. Send me a message that way. Don't be shy. All right, let's get into some MMA action. So we had a really great card from Mexico City over the weekend, and it was UFC Fight Night 114. And it was headlined by flyweight Sergio Pettis and Brandon Moreno. Before I actually get into breaking down the card, I'm going to give you guys kind of a controversial opinion about the flyweight division itself. And here's what I think about it. For those of you who have never worked for a big company or have never been in marketing or anything like that, if you want to fire somebody or you want to get rid of them, the first thing you have to kind of do is build a paper trail. So if John uh, is the guy you want to fire, you might start making some notes. Okay, on Tuesday, John showed up 20 minutes late. Make a little note of it, or you document his timesheet. Make a copy of it, okay? On Thursday, John was supposed to have a report due. It wasn't quite done. Take a little documentation of that, all right? On Friday... Maybe John takes a long lunch, all right? He's supposed to get an hour. He takes an hour and 15 minutes. Take a copy of his timesheet again. <clears throat> you start building a paper trail. Then when you go to fire John, you know, you give him warnings too, and you show him, look, A, B, C, and D. 
this is why you, we can't employ you anymore here, John. So if I wanted to get rid of something, I would build a paper trail with facts and documentation of things that would give me reason to get rid of it. And that leads me to the UFC's flyweight division. And for those of you who follow the sport closely, you've heard comments that President Dana White has made about how they've kind of tossed the idea around of getting rid of the flyweight division. I'm going to give you my reasoning for why I think it might happen. If I wanted to get rid of the UFC's flyweight division, what I might do is headline a fight night which will have documented television ratings uh, provided by the broadcast networks and I would have it headlined by top flyweight contenders who could potentially challenge for the title one day such as Brandon Moreno and Sergio Pettis. Both awesome fighters, both uh, represent their division very well, both really exciting to watch uh, but unfortunately, they're in a division that doesn't do big numbers and doesn't sell pay-per-views because the champion of the division has not appeared on pay-per-view and he has declined fights publicly uh, against guys who are a little heavier because he wants to um, you know, break the all-time title defense record and things like that. <clears throat> so... You guys kind of know where I stand on the whole Mighty Mouse situation. So you headline a card with two fighters from the division you're looking to get rid of, and you do it the weekend after a huge pay-per-view in UFC 214, which was headlined by the return of John Jones and Daniel Cormier. Uh, you know, we went over this last week. For those who missed episode 59, you go back and take a listen to that for uh, everything we thought about those fights. But the week after a big pay-per-view, fight night numbers usually don't do too well. Then you add the fact that it's headlined by flyweight contenders. So now you're going to have documentation that the ratings were not good because, you know, let's face it, there's no star power on this card. I mean, you have former champion Rashad Evans on there, um, but, you know, the fact that he was on the card wasn't really marketed that well. You had Alan Joban on there who, you know, Calvin Klein model and all that, but not really a superstar. So what you have on paper is an awesome card for the hardcore fight fans. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the fuck out of this card. I thought it was great. I thought there were some awesome fights. There, I think, like, more than half of these fights ended uh, with finishes. Uh, a lot of great knockouts. It, it was really an awesome card. But to the casual fan, they're not tuning in for this. And therefore, it's not going to do great television numbers. So you have documentation saying that a card headlined by flyweights and flyweight contenders is not doing well. All right, so there you go. That's <laughs> that's exhibit A. Exhibit B, you have your champion make his pay-per-view debut as the first pay-per-view after Conor McGregor fights Floyd Mayweather. So you have the biggest combat sports event maybe in history, definitely of our lifetime and our generation. And then the next UFC pay-per-view right after that is going to be headlined by Mighty Mouse Johnson, uh, defending his title against who? 
Ray Borg. I know that. You probably know that. But do the 4 million people who are going to be watching Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather know that? Do they know who Ray Borg is? Do they know who Mighty Mouse Johnson is? Because I'll tell you something. I was watching this fight night last night with uh, some family members, and they didn't know who the champion of the flyweight division was. They saw him in the Metro PCS commercials, and they said, oh, that guy looks kind of familiar. Uh, who is he? What's his name? And I said, oh, that's that's Mighty Mouse. Oh, what's his name? Anderson? <laughs> so granted, they they weren't you know they're not really into the sport like I am and I'm like I'm sure you guys are that are listening to this show um but they didn't know who Mighty Mouse was they know who Conor McGregor is so here's exhibit B you have Mighty Mouse headlining a pay-per-view against a fighter who's not really well known uh a couple of weeks after Conor versus Floyd how do you think the numbers of that pay-per-view are going to do uh, I hope you guys are starting to put the pieces together here as I'm kind of talking you through this. So you have the fight night that's not going to have great television ratings, even though it was an awesome card. And, you know, the replays aren't going to count. So if I tell you guys to go back and watch this card, uh, you know, I, I know you guys all trust my opinion. I know there's millions of you listening to this podcast right now. Even if you guys all go back and watch it, guess what? The initial ratings are the initial ratings. And uh, that's not going to impact anything. So, in my opinion, and with my background in what I know about marketing and what I know about the fight game and what I know about combat sports in general, I can come to the conclusion that the UFC is kind of building a case to get rid of this flyweight division. And they're going to use the numbers from the ratings of Fight Night 114 as well as the pay-per-view numbers when Mighty Mouse headlines... Uh, in September and they're going to use that as a reason to cut this division unfortunately Uh, and it's a shame because the pay-per-view headlined by Mighty Mouse is awesome in my opinion that's a really stacked card but again there's no real star power that's gonna you know cause the casual fan to open their wallets especially you know two weeks after Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather when everybody's shelling out a hundred bucks to to watch this pay-per-view and we know it's going to do big numbers we know a lot of people are going to buy that Um, and and we also know it's probably going to be fairly disappointing so after that nobody's going to be reaching for their checkbooks um, or their wallets or their debit cards to be buying UFC 215 headlined by Mighty Mouse Johnson in Canada and you don't even really have any big name Canadian fighters on the card. Uh, so we know that Canadian fans always come out strong, but you got to have some Canadian fighters in there. And while you have some awesome fights for, you know, the hardcore fans, you got Rafael Dos Anjos and Neil Magny, you got Francis Ngannou and Junior Dos Santos. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That's going to be a, a, a fucking war. That's going to be an awesome fight for the heavyweight division. Um, but, you know, go ask somebody walking down the street if they know who Francis Ngannou or Junior Dos Santos is. Uh, maybe one out of 15 people will know who either of those guys are. So you don't have the star power there. It's not going to do big numbers, but the UFC is not really concerned about that because they're building a case to get rid of the flyweight division. Uh, they'll save some money on marketing once they do that. And uh, 
they'll be able to focus on other champions uh, who are a little bit more marketable. Now they have John Jones back. You know, he's one of the big names. Maybe Conor McGregor will come back. Who knows? Um, but they'll they'll definitely be focusing more on those other divisions, and, and they'll get rid of anybody kind of causing drama. You know, just like a big company is going to want to fire uh, Johnny somebody if they're causing problems. You know, they're going to start documenting. Okay, he came in late on Tuesday, took a long lunch on Thursday. He didn't hand in that report on time. ABC, Johnny, you're fired. So it's going to be the same thing with the flyweight division. Uh, you know, in my estimation, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Great. Then we get to continue enjoying these uh, flyweight fights. So speaking of the flyweight fights, last night we had a headlining fight between Sergio Pettis, of course, uh, younger brother of former uh, UFC lightweight champion Anthony Pettis, and he fought Brandon Moreno. And I'm trying to pull up the card here a little bit, and uh, the computer's freezing up, so apologies to those of you watching on YouTube. I'm going to take a drink of whiskey here. Actually, a really great fight between Sergio Pettis and Brandon Moreno last night. Um, these, these two went after it. Uh, the first round didn't go so well for Sergio. He had his back taken, and Brandon Moreno had a really tight body triangle locked up on him. Um, but he was able to uh, get through that round, and then he was able to edge out a decision over Brandon Moreno. And uh, it, it was an exciting fight. You know, Sergio Pettis was patient. He had Moreno rocked a couple times in the third round, and it was really kind of exciting. And good for Sergio Pettis, uh, you know, coming away with the unanimous decision. But, again, in a division that may not be around too long. But Sergio Pettis, young kid, I think he's 24 or about to be 24. And, you know, bright future ahead of him for sure. Uh, Brandon Moreno, too. He's an exciting fighter. He kind of had an awkward game plan. Um you know, he wanted to get the fight to the ground, and he did so in the first round. But after that, his wrestling kind of uh, fell off. So, uh, unfortunate for him. But uh, great news for Sergio Pettis. And I think both of these guys could fight at bantamweight if they really wanted to. They're both young, so they're they're both going to be able to uh, put on some body mass in the future going forward. And uh, even if the flyweight division does get cut, I see both of these guys having having pretty bright futures in the UFC. And uh, I definitely hope that for both of them because, you know, they put on great fights. Uh, how either of them would do against the champion, Mighty Mouse Johnson, uh, I still think they're both a little bit young. You know, Sergio Pettis looked great, but I still think he would maybe need a, a year or so, maybe a year and a half before he can kind of, uh, get in there with Mighty Mouse, and again, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know it, everything. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not some kind of expert analyst or anything like that. I'm just a guy who drinks whiskey and I see what I see. Uh, so one thing I did see on that fight card last night, the co-main event between Alexa Grasso and Random Marcos was awesome. I thought this fight was incredible. Strawweight matchup. Uh, these girls both have solid records. Both exciting fighters. Uh, it was very back and forth. Uh, I thought Alexa Grasso clearly won the first round. 
I gave the second round to a random Marcos, and that third round was real close. The judges gave it to Alexa Grasso. I kind of thought random Marcos edged it out, but, uh, you know, the judges didn't see it that way. And, again, who am I? Uh, I'm not... Uh, I'm not some kind of expert. I'm not an MMA judge. I just see what I see. I saw Randa Marcos taking that one, but you know it was super close. Alexa Grasso had a huge uh, hematoma on the side of her left eye in that fight, and uh, you know both these girls fought their asses off. I thought that fight was so impressive, and uh, you know I <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch between those two. And speaking of the women's strongweight division, we just heard a big announcement. Rose Nami Yunus is going to face Ioana Janjacek uh, for the Women's Strawweight Championship in November at Madison Square Garden. We know Ioana loves fighting in New York, big Polish community there. Um, Thug Rose looking pretty awesome in her last fight. Um, so, you know, she may not be ready for that title shot, uh, according to a lot of people, but, you know, sometimes that's when people shine the brightest you know personally i didn't think holly Holm was ready for a title shot when she faced ronda rousey i i would have liked to see her uh get a few more fights under her belt but you know she proved me wrong um i think the same about rose nami Yunus right now but uh you know maybe she'll prove me wrong too so you, you never know what happens what can happen in this sport and that's why it's the greatest sport on earth and that's why we love it uh, we also love it because, you know, we have familiar faces like Rashad Evans, who, you know, Rashad Evans won one of the first seasons of The Ultimate Fighter, light heavyweight champion in the UFC, legend, definitely a Hall of Famer, one of the most exciting fighters uh, ever, uh, you know, fan favorite for sure, great analyst as well, and he recently dropped down to middleweight. Uh, not having such great luck you know the first couple of times he tried to fight at middleweight he couldn't get cleared medically and now he's got two losses at middleweight one to Dan Kelly and one last night to Smiling Sam Alvey you know not really an exciting fight uh, neither one of these guys could really pull the trigger uh, a lot of people thought you know maybe Evans would have edged it out because of his wrestling uh, but again uh since neither one of these guys pulled the trigger, uh, it went it went to the judges, and uh, judges gave a split decision to Sam Alvey. So what do you do with Rashad Evans at this point? Uh, because he felt like he couldn't compete at light heavyweight anymore. He dropped down a weight class and lost two in a row. Granted, they were both close decisions, really close decisions. I'm sure he's devastated. Uh but if you're the UFC, what do you do with Rashad Evans? Because here's a guy who's a legend, former champion, one of the first Ultimate Fighter winners. He, you know, he's he was the face of the company at one point, and in many ways, he still is by being an analyst on on Fox and everything like that. Uh, what do you do with this guy? Do you let him keep fighting? Uh, do you give him like an easy fight to to kind of like let him go out on a high note? Uh, I'm not really sure what you do there, especially because he dropped a weight class. And as you get older, I'm sure a lot of you know, it gets harder to lose weight and cut weight. Um, so, And it's not going to get any easier for him. Uh, so it's a shame to see you know, Rashad Evans kind of uh, on this downward spiral. It's always hard, especially if it's one of your favorite fighters and they're kind of near the end of their career and they're changing things up and changing weight classes and 
and they're hanging on and they, they really want to fight because, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are fighters. They want to fight. So it's hard for, it's, it's a hard thing to face when, when you have like a legend and somebody really respect, but, uh, you think it may be time for them to hang it up. But at the end of the day, that's going to be his decision. So, uh, you know, I'm sure the hardcore fans will watch if Rashad Evans does decide to get back in there. And uh, if he does decide to hang it up, um, I don't think his legacy gets impacted at all. You know, he's given us some really exciting fights over the years. And uh, winning the title and winning the Ultimate Fighter and uh, everything I kind of went over before. So, uh, I'll move on down the card. Kind of an upset. Uh, Alan Joe Ben getting knocked out in the first round by <laughs> Florida Boy. Uh, Nico Price coming out of Cape Coral, Florida, now 10-0 and 0, uh, as, as a mixed martial artist. And, uh, you know, he came in there. It, it was the Calvin Klein model Alan Joban against, um, I don't know, the Kmart model Nico Price. <laughs> I don't know what you would say. He's, he had kind of a man bun thing going on, and he had a man chin bun thing going on. Um but yeah, uh, knocked out Alan Joban uh, in the first round. Uh, Joban thought it was an early stoppage, but uh, he was pretty wobbly when he stood back up. So Nico Price getting it done, first round stoppage, um, really impressive. Um, so let's see. I'll kind of jump around the card a little bit here. Uh, go all the way to the bottom. Ronnie Yaya, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, almost snapping the arm of uh, Enrique Briones. Uh, so that was that was pretty exciting. Uh, Jack Hermanson with a big finish. Hmm. Let's see, I'm trying to skim over this for the sake of time. Um, let's see. We had Dustin Ortiz and Hector Sandoval. That was an interesting fight. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to pull things up here. I'm lagging a little bit uh, with the internet connection because I wanted to uh, get things accurate for you guys here. So I'm going to take another sip of this uh, Revel Stoke spiced whiskey here right out of Canada, which is where Mighty Mouse is going to be fighting next month. All right, so this isn't coming up. So... Uh, I'm just going to call it on uh, <laughs> UFC Fight Night 114 because I can't get the stats up. If I missed anything, if you guys thought anything was particularly uh, impressive, you know, reach out to me on social media and let me know. And definitely let me know if you guys have any more drink recommendations because I'm really enjoying those coming through and kind of building my wish list on Distiller. So uh, get on to Distiller, add me there, or uh, keep sending me recommendations on Twitter instagram and facebook at mma on the rocks and let's see we don't have too much mma action coming up uh the rest of this month is going to be focused on conor mcgregor and floyd mayweather and i know a lot of you guys uh who are regular listeners of the show know that i have avoided talking about this on a week-to-week -week basis but i may have to do another episode on it just because uh, there's so little MMA going on. In the month of August, the UFC wise, wisely decided to focus their efforts on um, 
promoting Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. If you do want my take on this fight, you can go back and listen to episode 54. It's called Floydian Slip. And uh, on that episode, I had Blake Stevenson from the Loaded Joe's MMA podcast come on. And uh, he's a big Floyd Mayweather fan and a boxing expert. He also hosts the uh, Loudmouth Boxing Podcast. So if you're into boxing, uh, go check that out. And uh, check out Loaded Joe's MMA Podcast as well. Uh, He's really into this fight. Uh, Me, I'm of the opinion that I don't have anything new to really say about it. So I've kind of avoided it. And I like to give you guys a break. So everybody else is talking about this fight. I'll stick to MMA. But like I said... Uh, the rest of August is going to be pretty light on the MMA side. So uh, I may do an episode talking about this. So fair warning, I may be talking about <laughs> Connor Floyd on an upcoming episode. Or maybe I'll just do a whole episode about uh, bourbon or rum or whatever recommendations you guys send me. Or whatever samples I have sent to me, um, you know, such as Revelstoke from Canada. Pretty good stuff. This was this was a surprise. I was kind of expecting this one to be a dud to be honest, but uh you know, it's got that sweetness on the front end and the and the burn on the back of the throat. Uh, I'm starting to feel it now. So I'm going to start wrapping this episode up and enjoy the rest of the sampler and maybe crack something else open. So, if you guys have any thoughts on the episode or on the podcast, also please uh leave a review. That definitely helps um helps the show out a lot. So if you can go on to Facebook or go on to iTunes or go on to Google Play or go on to YouTube, wherever you're uh, consuming this content, and please uh, leave an honest review and and let me know your thoughts. So the more positive reviews we have, uh, the better it is. It helps our our search numbers and helps us reach more people, which allows me to get more uh, bourbon and rum recommendations from people. Uh, because I can ask them for it and they can send them to me and uh, you know we'll all be happier that way so that's all I got for this week so I'll be back next Sunday thanks for tuning in and until next time cheers everybody goodbye goodbye